Hi, this is Jen for Grace for Single Parenting, where your single parenting collides with God's grace. Today, I have on my first guest. I'd like to welcome Cherie Williams from A Single Christian Mom's Advice. Cherie has been blogging for Christian Single Moms for over a decade. I met Cherie earlier this year when I had the pleasure of having one of my articles as a guest post on her site called Preventing Discontentment from Growing in Our Hearts. I think you'll really enjoy my conversation with Cherie today. We talk about how to stop bad-mouthing your ex. This is a common habit a lot of single parents struggle with. And about halfway through, we discuss how even calling our exes by the name of ex can be negative and the effects that that can have on our children. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Cherie to Grace for Single Parenting. Hi. So yes, my name is Cherie Williams and um, I'm a single mom. I have a 13 year old daughter and um, we live in Maryland. And um, one of the things that I love to do is to write this blog that's called a single Christian mom's advice on making life easier. So I started the blog around the time she was about two is when I became a single mom. So um, the idea was to kind of build this community and this platform um, for other single parents. And my real goal was to, you know, to basically help other single moms know that they're not alone on this journey. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, it was knowing, like, it was a time when I really dived into my faith. And to let people know that, you know, you're not alone on the journey, that you do have a partner and that partner is with you all the time. So that was kind of the way the blog started and um, it kind of just evolved from there. Nice. So you've been doing that for a long time, 11 years then? Yeah, about 11 years. So it kind of started. um, Yeah. So I, like I was saying, I became a single mom before my daughter was like two years old. And so it kind of began at this time where like, everything was just like kind of crazy. You know, I was a first time mom, um, was living like four hours away from any family. My grandmother had Alzheimer's and it was just like all of these things at one time. Um, and the blog kind of started, I I always kind of, I like to write, but I never really thought about writing. Um, and this one day it was like an awful time (laughs) and my grandmother passed away at this point and I was looking you know, I was on the couch, my daughter had left with her dad and I was looking at her Bible and I had picked it up and I started to read it and I saw all these notes that she had. And I was just thinking about like how she had always turned to God and how like at this point it was something in my life that I just, I, I knew that God's presence was there and that I knew I needed to depend on him to get through this journey. And so as that developed and I started going to church and really diving into scriptures, it became like on my heart, it, it was on my heart to share that. And so that's how the blog started. Um, and from there, it just kind of like evolved into, I became a columnist for Moms of Faith. I did like mom mentors uh, for Graham Blanchard, who's like a Christian publishing um, company, and then did some stuff with Grace Hill Media. And it just kind of evolved from there. But again, like my main goal was just to kind of like really build a community with women. Um, because it's amazing, you know, with my experience with the blog is just like how many women 
are like facing these same issues um, with like co-parenting, being a single parent, you know, and not like, you know, I noticed as a single parent, unfortunately, a lot of times we're labeled unfairly mm-hmm. and judged and given like this, you know, label. And I wanted to break that and say, you know, you're not a statistic, you know, I, I hate when women feel like their families are not whole. You know, and so that was kind of the goal of the blog to kind of say, hey, you know what, it, the dynamics change, but that doesn't mean that you can't have this healthy, thriving family. Right. Yeah. And I think that's you know? so needed right now, too, especially trying to be a part of the church as a single parent. And you feel yeah. like, you know, that you're not really whole. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, that's a really needed place voice. That you, you wouldn't think that that would happen. Do right. you know what I mean? Because right. you're supposed to be kind of like embraced but there's a lot of judgment, yes. um, you know, and it's unfortunate because one of the things I found is like, it kind of scares women away from the church then. Do you know yes. what I mean? Like, yes. they're not like, oh, I, I want to go because they're feeling like all these eyes are on them and they're looking like this, you know, the scarlet letters on their head. Right. Or right. And it's really unfair. And it's, it's not a good representation of who we are as Christians. Um, agree. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. So that was one of the, you know, the reasons I wanted to start the blog is to say, you know, Hey, like, I'm sure maybe this isn't the ideal situation, (laughs) but again, like, you know, ashes don't have to stay that way. Right. Like we can build beauty from the ashes and we can rebuild something different. Um, and not to say that doesn't come without its challenges. Right. Uh But, but it's possible. Yeah. I think that's great. So when I was on your blog, I, I ran into your ebook that I mentioned a minute mm-hmm. ago, and um, you have 15 tips to avoid single mom burnout that's coming out shortly. Yes. And yes. Um, I, you have like a little glimpse of what those tips are. And I noticed a few of them, such as um, put yourself in time out. You have some <laughs> cute names in there, like break free from stinking thinking, yeah, um, nurture one. your temple. <laughs> And there was one that I wanted to dive into a little bit, if you don't mind, which was don't badmouth your ex yep. and how to find healing from the wound. And that's one that I think is a really good one um, yeah. for a lot of us, because I think that a lot of single parents get stuck in that. Right. Um, it's really right. hard to break free from those previous relationships. And I'd really like to hear your point of view from that. Sure. Well. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I feel like any that you know the the topic of your child's relation or their father the relationship it's such a hot topic right i mean it just brings out so many emotions and it's complex it's oftentimes painful you know there's multi layers that are going on and you know it it's rough and i think a lot of women struggle with it i think co-parenting is something that you know take so much patience, cooperation, respect, kindness. And that's not always an easy place to get to, right? Because like, let's face it, you did not, the relationship didn't end because everything was going well. (laughs) So, you know, so like to think that co-parenting is just going to be like easy is just crazy because it's not going to be. Um, But it doesn't mean that it has to be awful either, right? And so, you know, the one, like I said, the one thing that, I talked to so many women who've been divorced for years and like literally something will come up about their ex and it's like, you could literally see the transformation in their face. You can feel the emotion that comes through. And so it's painful. And 
what I wanted to do, because I find it that we don't do a service to ourselves by holding on to anger and bitterness and resentment. And instead, what we do is we really, you know, we're not an island unto ourselves, right? And so when we are bad mouthing, when we are, um, you know, reacting in anger all the time, we are affecting other people, right? We're affecting our kids. Mm -hmm. uh, we're affecting ourselves. We're affecting our ex. And like, the thing is, is that if we want healthy children, we should try at least, right, to have this healthier relationship with their father. The women that I've been friends with or I've just come across who were there in a constant state of battle and that bad mouthing and kind of just, and there's one thing, like, I think we all vent, right? And I think it's healthy to say how we're feeling. I think it's not good to suppress it. But I think when it starts to consume you, it becomes really toxic and venomous. And one of the, um, the scriptures that I read that really stuck with me was Galatians 5.15. And it says, if you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other. Mm. And I thought that that resonated so well with just um, that process of like, you know, coming to a point where you're not constantly biting each other. Because again, you're not an island unto yourself, right? So eventually that's going to seep out into different areas of your life and your family's life. And so um, I found that to start the healing process, it really begins with me, right? And making that type of commitment to, you know, we can't change people's actions, right. but we can change the way we react. And that's not going to happen overnight, <laughs> but it can happen, right? So I think it's like, it comes to a point where like, you have to make a decision. Either I'm going to stay in this place of like, anger and bitterness and resentment, or I'm going to move to a healthier place so that I can bring my family to a healthier place. Mm -hmm. And so one of the, the things that I was thinking about is how like when we have, um, you know, a boo-boo, right? Like when you just bring it back to the basics with your kids when they fall, what are the three things that you do? You clean it, right? It forms a, a scab and like you tell them, do not pick at that scab. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the other thing is you let it heal. And so I felt like this process is something that's practical that we can think about when we're like deciding to, um, you know, change the way our interactions are with our, with our um, exes. So what would you say to someone who just says, I just need to vent? Yeah. Is that like picking at the scab? Do you think? Yeah, definitely. I mean, but here's the thing. I think again, like we don't want to oversimplify it, right? Because right. I mean, there are some situations, especially I think when you first um, come out of a relationship, right? Like when you're first going through that, there's so many different emotions that you're going through and you know, you're going to be angry. So, I mean, I don't, or you're going to be hurt, whatever that situation is, you're going to have the emotions that come with that. The idea is though, is to get to a better place, right? And so, um, the first step that I have is cleansing the wound. And what I mean by that is when we like, when our, my daughter would come home with tons of scab, like tons of like cuts and bruises from school, like they were always climbing trees and creaking and, you know, straight mm -hmm. from mom's heart. But like, she, <laughs> and she'd come home with these, like, you know, her knee would be messed up. And I mean, the first thing that you do is you take them to the bathroom and you wash the knee out, right? Or you wash the, the wound out. And the idea is to remove all those impurities so that they don't continue to infect the wound. 
And I think that's what we have to do when we start to start this process of healing is that we need to start cleaning out the wound. And I believe that begins with us. So I find that the, one of the most important things that you can do is self-reflection and take accountability and take responsibility and start to look at, you know, your part in it. Because a lot of times it's not really the person, um, it's not the, the person that we're mad at. A lot of times we're mad at ourselves, right? And so first we need to take kind of a look inside and say, hey, like, what do I need to clean out with myself so that I can deal with this in a healthy way? Because all of that is like residue from the relationship that you had that's still there. And I mean, and this isn't a process that's done like, you know, in a day or two, it could take months, it can take years, but it really does start with that self-reflection and that like accountability. Um, and I think you have to be generous with your, like with forgiving yourself, right? For anything that has gone wrong, because it does take two to tango. And, and again, maybe, you know, we sit here and we play the blame game a lot, but that doesn't really get us to the place that we need to be to move forward. And so um, I, I feel that the impurities are those things that like keep us kind of in that circle of that hamster wheel of going around and around, dealing with the same issues over and over again, and not really dealing with maybe the core issue, which is like, figuring out in ourselves, like, what do we need to do to react differently? What do we need to do to forgive ourselves or to take accountability and responsibility to move forward in a different way? And, you know, and, and also to like honor what we've been through as well. Um, right. You know, and I think that's really important. And that's more in the third step, but I think that's part of the first step. Mm -hmm. And the first step is brutal, you know, because I think it's hard to take that honest look at ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not saying to like take everything and be like, oh, it's, you know, this was all me, like not that, but really just being honest with yourself. And, you know, that's not always easy to do, but I always feel like when we are, we come to a better place. So the second step is don't pick at your boo-boo, right? And so what I find is, you know, even with myself, like it's so easy to pick at a scab. Like there's something about scabs that are so tempting. And I think that's why we're always telling our kids when they fall, like, don't pick at that, it won't heal. <laughs> Um, and I think it's the same thing with our, with our exes. Like if we continue to pick at that scab, it's never going to heal. And so one of the things that I find is like finding the triggers and, you know, you know, this person, you know, the different types of things that kind of trigger the emotional like outbursts, you know, what, um, you know, it's kind of like that irritant. And when you know it, then you see it, you're less likely to react to it, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you kind of train yourself to say, hey, you know what, I'm just not gonna react to this. Um, and, and not kind of, like we were talking about venting. And I think it's really healthy to talk about how you're feeling. Um, but I've noticed, you know, like for example, I remember being on a conversation with a friend, like having a conversation with a friend and everything was like totally going fine with me and my ex. And like she started talking about, something that was going on with her and you know her daughter's father and it reminded me of something that happened like a while back and it triggered something and i could feel that same sense of like anger coming up and like oh, okay yeah yeah like <laughs> and so 
I, I thought about it and I thought I'm really just picking at the scab. Mm. So it's really important to know your triggers and to, you know, not pick at it because what happens is it's not going to heal, you know? And I talk about that in the book. And I also talk about like Mark 2.22 says like, don't pour um, old wine into new wine skins because it will burst. Right? right. And so if we're trying to like shed this skin of this, um, this kind of toxic part of the relationship that we had, it's not going to happen if we continue to pour this like old stuff into what we're trying to create that's new. So I was, um, that's the second step. And I think that's one of the most important steps. Um, it's just, you know, stop picking away at everything. Yeah. Um, you know, cause I think it's really easy to do that. <laughs> well, and also um, it's like a habitual thing too. Right. Depending right. Like maybe how long you're with the other person, you might be even in a it's, habit of nagging or, you know, right. you're used to things being a certain way and you exactly. have to also let the other person grow. And exactly. that'd be difficult for you as well. I mean, if they're moving on. Totally. And you know what? I think like we have to give ourselves grace and we have to give them grace as well. And that's not, you know, I don't think that's always intuitive. And this is why it's so important, you know, and I talk about this is like, we have to look at the, the new relationship in um, spiritualize instead of humanize, right? Because in our flesh, like, I think it's very easy to react and go off on certain things. It could be like a funky text that takes us back. You know what I mean? Like yeah. those things. And so it's really important to remember, like we are created in God's image. And if you can look at the other person and remember that mm. in that time that it's, and maybe, you know, we don't really want to look at it like that, but that is the truth. And so when we dishonor somebody, we're really dishonoring God. Like we're told to be the peacemaker. We're told to seek good and to have our conversations like seasoned with grace. And I don't think it's easy to do that all the time, especially in these situations when we're looking at it like, um, you know, just as ourselves and not looking at it through a spiritual lens. Because when we look at it through a spiritual lens, it's going to change the way we react to that person. And so I, I think if anything, that's really important to do because I don't think you can do it on your own all the time. You know what I mean? Like, I right. think you need to be in yeah. prayer about it because I mean, I remember like when I went through, um, you know, like when you're going to court with somebody, that's like the most terrible times, you know, because you're going to court with somebody that obviously you once probably loved and, you know, then you're, it, it's just such a high strung time. You're stretched emotionally, financially in every single way. You know, and so when you're finally done with that, and you come off of that, you don't just get over it, right? Like you right. think about it for a long time. And I don't think that I could have not, I, I couldn't have get, I could not get to a place where I was like, okay, I forgive you. And I remember just being, and it was, it was like this anger that was inside to the point where I literally went up to, like, I remember being at church and asking people to pray for me. And sometimes that's what it takes. Like, and that's what I mean about the, the first step in cleansing, like breaking down those walls and looking, taking an honest look at yourself and seeing where you're at and like asking for that help and going outside of yourself. Um, and, you know, I think that that's, that's really a part of the healing process is looking at them in a different lens. Yeah. You know? And that, that kind of parlays into the third step of like letting it heal um, and again, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. Um, but 
we have to give ourselves permission to breathe out all the toxic stuff that has been built up for so long. And I think that when we are able to kind of let that wound breathe and give it time and know that, you know, there's going to be bumps along the way, but it doesn't mean that, you know, that it can't be, it can't get to a good place. And so, and, and just remembering that, you know, these wounds are things that are going to help you like, you know, in the Bible talks about trials and how like trials give us um, perseverance and it, it takes us to a good place so that we can see what God can do for our lives. Right. And I think that in this relationship with the co-parenting and um, just, you know, trying to figure out a different dynamic, we can take all of that and bring it into a place that will help us get to the next level. Um, and then the, the last thing that I have in my book, and I talk about this and it kind of deals with the spiritual part is that we want to, um, I, I really challenge everybody to do a 30 day prayer project. And for 30 days, if you're in this place with your ex where it's just like so bad and you just cannot, like, I, I really mean this pray for them. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, that may not seem like the easiest thing to do and maybe it's not, but even if it means praying with your children at night and putting in that special prayer for their father, do you know what I'm saying? Oh, but like yeah. really intentionally making it a point to pray for them because we can't change hearts. We can't change what people think we can't, but God can, mm -hmm. you know? And, and I think that's like the biggest thing to take away from this is that God can. Um, and, and, and just to know that all the bad mouthing and all of that, it's not who you are. Like you're better than that. And that would be the advice that I give women like who are in that space right now is to really think about like when you are in this place of bad mouthing, how do you feel afterwards? I mean, in the moment you may be feeling vindicated, mm -hmm. but after that, like, I really don't think anyone feels that great afterwards, you know? And because it's not who you are, it's not who you're created to be. And it doesn't represent, you know, that light that we are supposed to be. Um, and again, I don't think it, it happens overnight, but just remember that when you bad mouth your ex or your, and you know, we probably should stop saying the word ex because when you think of the word ex, right, it's like, I'm, you're exed out. I have never liked that word ever. Yeah, I don't ever know, use I it. I just say, this tip. <laughs> I just always say my children's father I do because too, I don't ever, I've never liked that word. Yeah. I, I don't know why. It's like, it's a very like negative yeah. content. Like it kind of makes you feel like you're just X'd out. Like, yeah. and you know, when you have a child with somebody, I mean, it's special, right? Like it's like that one person on the planet that you have this connection with really for the rest Forever. of your life, yeah. whether you like it or not. Right. right. Like it's there. And like, you're probably going to share things that, you know, you're going to probably share grandchildren and marriages. And, and, you know, like when we look at people as our ex, we kind of dehumanize them. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. People in general, I'll say who are single parents, I would hope that the language they use about their children's father, you know, they, they think about it before they say it in front of their child, mm -hmm. you know, but I have seen the effects of that because when you think about it, like when you say X and you're like, kind of just like, okay, you're done, you're gone. <laughs> Our children are still part of them. Yeah. Right. And mm -hmm. so like, if we are talking about their fathers, you know, kids internalize things. And I've seen that, you know, with my daughter's friends who, you know, have divorced parents. 
and it's really, you know, contentious. And you kind of feel with their kids, like there's this kind of like lack of self-confidence. It's like, you know, and they feel awful about the relationship and you really see the effects of that, you know? And um, I mean, it's a journey. I think it's a journey, but I do think we need to change the language that we use. So I might have to change this tip now (laughs) because when I think about it, um, yeah, like I think we do have to kind of, if we want to change our relationship, we do need to change our language too, right? Because language is powerful. It is. Yeah. I mean, you can either bring life or death to a situation with your words. Very true. I, I do think that it starts with us. And, and, and not, uh, and bringing life to the situation instead of like this kind of like death to it when we, we start bad mouthing and um, tearing them down, you know, and, and especially to be awfully, obviously very careful with it around our children mm-hmm. um, because our children are observing us, yes. you know, and what a yeah. great example to show them like, okay, just because something did not work, it doesn't mean that it has to be ugly. It doesn't mean that it can't, transform into something else you know and i think it doesn't have to be shameful it doesn't have to be yes right because there's so much shame that's attached to there is Mm -hmm. single you know parenting and and divorce and you know again like i said i think nobody goes into anything thinking like oh i'm gonna get divorced Mm -hmm. right (laughs) you don't grow up hoping for that right yeah exactly (laughs) and so i think when it happens like we just have to be more um you know and even just as people in general, like not being so judgmental and, and understanding that everybody's situation is different and having grace for people, you know, Mm -hmm. but we have to have it within our own circle. Well, thank you so much. I just, I think that was just so many wise things you said and yeah, I wasn't expecting all of that. (laughs) Really? I wasn't. I I really did want to talk to you about not bad mouthing the other parent. Yeah. <laughs> but it related to a lot, right? It did. And I, yeah, I learned quite a bit and I, I think I'm moved to do the 30 day challenge, the prayer. Yeah. Challenge. Yeah. I really, I think that you know, it really great. transformed, um, my relationship with my daughter's father. It really did. Um, because like I found myself just tired, like it's exhausting, right? It's exhausting to like hold that, like the complaints and the, you know, just all of that in. And so, you know, sometimes you just have to like surrender and just be like, look, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like, and just really, like I said, the prayer really worked for me. Um, and, And not to say that we, you know, I'm sure that I still get on his nerves and he still gets on mine. Right. (laughs) I mean, that's just realistic. (laughs) I mean, mean, not together for a reason. Exactly. And that's fine. But, you know, to let some of the, for everybody, it's different, but everybody kind of has this feeling in them (laughs) when they see or think of their ex. And I mean, that doesn't need to be there and we don't want to give that to our children. Right. Exactly. Because you know what? It's going to shape their relationships too. Yes. Yeah. It's going to shape their relationship too, you know, and I, I think it can be just as damaging, like when people stay in dysfunctional relationships mm-hmm. and their kids see it and whether it's like, you know, emotionally or mentally abusive or physically abusive and people stay, you know, so I mean, there's all kind of different situations, but our kids are watching. And so it's really important that we model it in a way that's healthy for them, you know, and there's still a way to do that in situations that are not ideal. 
And that's what I, I mean, even in the, the different tips in the book, you know, I always bring it back to faith because I think everything we do needs to be colored with that. Um, I mean, if you, you know, if, if you are of faith, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, everybody is very different. We're talking to the audience that are probably women of faith. And that's mm -hmm. why, um, but I know like in my book, like there's tips that a lot of women, whether they're, you know, single moms or not could relate to, but a lot of them are things that really affect us as single parents, like, you know, dating, I mean, not being desperate for a relationship, um, you know, and that I think comes again from that healing process. Right. Yeah. And like, so I've tried to really look at like some of the things that we've struggled with, like stinking thinking, you know, that's a part of this as well, because our thoughts determine our actions. And so if we're constantly thinking of them in a way that's negative and constantly rehashing the past, well, our actions are going to, you know, our actions will reflect that. Mm -hmm. And so kind of just like tying all those things in together um, was really important for me because I do think like as single moms, we carry a lot, mm -hmm. you know, yes. whether it's financially, whether it's emotionally, mentally, you know, it's, it's not always easy, you know I mean? Like it's not. And I think like we can get so burned out and when we're burned out, like it affects everyone you know, and it especially affects our children, but there's mm -hmm. also that self-care part that we ignore sometimes that, you know, we need to love ourselves so that we can love others fully too, you know? And, um, I just don't believe that God wanted us to be worn out. You know, we have a purpose and I think we need to remember that to keep going on that path. Like we have to keep ourselves healthy physically and spiritually and mentally, and, you know, this particular um, topic about stop bad-mouthing your child's father <laughs> <laughs> is important because I think it is so detrimental and toxic. Yeah. I really feel blessed by our conversation. Oh, me too. And I'm sure those who, you know, are listening will be too. So. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.